At Hendricks Regional Health, patient experience is at the core of everything we do. That's why we proudly present Health Talks with HRH. Here's Melanie Cole. The half marathon is a friendly distance, and beginners who've gotten their introduction to road running in a 5K or a 10 can look to a half marathon as the next step upwards. Some call them mini marathons. Here to tell us how to train for those is Keith Groppel. He's the senior staff physical therapist at Hendricks Regional Health. Welcome to the show, Keith. So when people say to you, okay, I've got a new goal. I want to try and do a half marathon, a mini marathon. What's the first thing you tell them? Uh, thank you, Melanie, for having me. Um, first thing I tell them is uh, make sure you have a plan. Um, a lot of people who may have done a 5K or a 10K race, um, you know, they've done a smaller distance, but you know, 13.1 miles is is a longer distance, obviously. So you want to have a good training plan in place uh, to prepare yourself for that feat and to make sure that you don't get injured along the way. So let's start with a novice, and and what would be a good training plan? How early do you think they should start training? For a novice runner, someone who may periodically run a a mile or two, uh, your distances as far as how many weeks you would want to train before the race will probably err towards the 16-week plan mark. If you're you're more of a beginner runner who has done a 5K or or those kind of runs, you you could probably get by with a 12- to 14-week plan. But typically between 12 and 16 weeks is a good amount of time to prepare your body um, as well as get a lot of miles in under your feet so that you can cross that finish line, at least a happy uh, runner. So should they be more interested in their time or their distance? For a novice runner, I recommend just be happy finishing. 13.1 miles, again, is is a good distance. Um, On your first half marathon or mini marathon, you want to make sure that you just finish, again, happy. Uh, be proud that you finished your first marathon or mini-marathon. If you've done one before, then you can start to experiment into trying to go faster. Um, whenever someone tries to go faster, it also increases their chances of injury during that time. So um, for novice runners, I typically say finish happy, finish strong, be proud of your accomplishment, and then look towards your next mini-marathon to maybe look at a time goal. And as we move toward, in a minute, more experienced runners, what do you tell the novice about walking? Sometimes by training, they have to run, walk, do a little shuffle. Is that okay? Will that help their training? Sure. Uh, you know, at Hendricks Regional Health, we have a mini training program that we do have uh, groups that do a, a walk-run kind of uh, interval training. Um, there are some research out that shows that one can do that kind of an interval training and reduce the amount of strain on their joints and muscles throughout that 13.1 miles. Um, There's a runner who used to be an Olympic uh, uh, racer, uh, Jeff Galloway, and he has uh, promoted that kind of a training program. So it it is okay to do that interval type of, of running style, and you see many people, at least novice runners, try that first. And then as your experience grows and as your body gets stronger, then you can look into more potentially into running the entire race. Is there any cross-training involved when you're training for one of these? We recommend cross-training. It it does allow your body to uh, recover from your training runs, and it also allows you to uh, continue to build some strength uh, in the muscles uh, that you would be using, but in a different way. So we typically recommend things like swimming or cycling or those kind of things to help kind of get your aches and pains out of your legs, um, but 
but in a different kind of fashion, but without pounding the pavement as much as, as one would if they went to run seven days a week. So, Keith, if someone wants to train on the treadmill versus outside, are they getting the same benefits? They are, Actually, research will show that it is the same form that you would run on a treadmill as well as outside on the pavement. I would recommend, though, if you are going to do treadmill running um, or at least training, to go ahead and increase the uh, incline on the treadmill approximately 1% grade. That will help account for the belt moving as opposed to you moving yourself over the pavement. Um, it also allows for that wind effect or at least a little bit more perceived exertion uh, that you wouldn't be getting if, if you're running outside in a general wind or those kind of conditions. So what about shoes, especially for novice who don't know what kind of shoes to start with? There's so many on the market, Keith, and your shoes can make or break your ability. Very good point. Uh, shoes, um, you have to have great or good running shoes. It's very challenging to determine what kind of shoe for what kind of foot type. Um, a general rule of thumb would be if you try on a pair of running shoes and they don't feel good, you're in a wrong kind of shoe. There's typically three kinds of shoes one can use. One is a supportive shoe that kind of controls the ankle. We typically recommend a supportive shoe for someone who may be either a little bit uh, overweight or if they have what's called flat feet. Someone who has more of a neutral arch on their foot, you may want to go with a, uh, a neutral shoe or a cushion shoe. And then there's another one called a motion control shoe, and those are people who have overly flat feet, um, and that gives you even more stability. The other thing that you want to look at is how long should you wear those shoes before you change them out. And a good rule of thumb is to basically replace the shoes after approximately four or 500 miles um, during your training log. So go ahead and log your miles that you do uh, in training and, and you may want to look into replacing them at that 400 to 500 mile mark. Obviously, it's not a fast rule to stay replace them at that time. Usually, if I'm training and my legs start to feel kind of achy, it's almost about time for me to probably change my shoes if I haven't altered my training program much. So you brought up the word achy, especially for novice and newbies. They are going to be sore after they've done their first couple miles, after they've made it for their first three miles that day. What do you tell them about dealing with that soreness, and is it normal? Sure. So anytime that you're doing any kind of exercise, you may become achy during and potentially after your, your exercise or your runs. Typically, if you're achy near the end of the run, it's your body saying basically, okay, I'm getting tired. The question becomes, when is it an injury or beginning of an injury, and when is it normal? And so normal aches and pains should go away fairly quickly, and I usually say within the next 24 hours, 12 to 24 hours. If it lingers beyond that, it's your body saying, you did too much. And so that's why you want to try and choose a training plan that gradually builds in the amount of distance that you cover over a week. But however, if you do get some sharp pains uh, during a run, sharp is never good. Um, and so if anyone gets sharp pains, I usually tell the patient or the client, go ahead and stop running. Let's figure out what is causing that sharp pain. It may be your your distance, it may be your speed, it may be your shoes, it may be a whole host of things. And so stay away from sharp pains. Aches are natural, should occur, but it shouldn't linger on. And what do you tell your patients and, and 
people that you're helping train for these mini marathons about nutrition and whether they should be using electrolyte replacement beverages or what to do after they've been training particularly long distance to get ready. What do you tell them? Well, again, we usually will recommend a a regular, well-balanced meal, um, something that you will will eat um, three to five times a day uh, on a regular basis, which would include fruits and vegetables, um, protein, and some carbohydrates. We try and choose uh, complex carbohydrates instead of those that are refined, uh, such as uh, whole grain breads uh, and those kind of things, fruits and vegetables. And we would also recommend if you are going to take electrolyte replacement, know that there's a lot of sugar in those. Um, And so you may notice that your weight may be fluctuating at times. Uh, So, you know, I use electrolyte replacement for obviously warm training times. Um, But if there's not, water is fine. As far as what to eat prior to the race and those kind of things, um, I usually will recommend eating a couple hours before your race, and nothing too heavy. Um, Usually I would recommend something like a a peanut butter on toast, maybe a banana and some water. Um, You want to try and eat it a few hours before the race um, and something that you're used to eating, at least that you've eaten before on a training run. Now, during the race, uh, some people will take in these gels or goos, uh, which is uh, an energy replacement. Um, And Typically, if you're going to be exercising greater than 90 minutes, you may want to try and take some of these. Um, One is approximately 100 calories, um, and you take them usually every 45, 30 to 45 minutes during your activity. The best best tip is make sure you're hydrated. Not overly hydrated, but hydrated. And some people ask, well, what is hydrated or not overly hydrated? And usually it's when, if you do urinate, it looks like a weak lemonade. That's approximately where you want to be going into a run or or race. It is such great information, Keith. Thank you so much for being with us in just this last minute. Give your best advice for people training for maybe their first mini marathon and why they should come to Hendricks Regional Health for their care. Sure. Um, I guess the best advice is go slow, build a base of, of longer runs, and, and, and be happy running. Um, if you come to us, we typically will look and see, okay, what kind of things are you having troubles with? And let's figure out what those are so that you are running pain-free and enjoying that aspect of it. And the last thing I would say, try and run with, with a partner. Having that accountability helps keep you going longer and helps you kind of get that next uh, stage of running over, especially on those longer miles. Come to Hendricks. Basically, we will take the time and look at you. We will use video analysis to look at your biomechanics and your gait and see if there's any issues that we can foresee that we might need to tweak or change, basically to get you back on the road to a pain-free race. Thank you so much for being with us. It is great information. You're listening to Health Talks with HRH. And for more information, you can go to Hendricks.org. That's Hendricks.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.